Welcome to the Tipsy Knits podcast. This is one of our Another Round series of pre-recorded content for our summer 2019 hiatus. We hope you enjoy. So we're here with Corolla of Otherworldly Yarns and we're going to just have a good chat about you and what you do. Firstly, if you wanted to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and where people can find you. Okay, hi everybody, lovely listeners of Tipsy Knits podcast. My name is Corolla and I am the dyer behind Otherworldly Yarns, uh, as Pip already said. And you can find me mainly on Instagram uh, under otherworldly underscore yarns. Um, I'm trying to be very active on there. I'm originally from the Netherlands and I've been living in the UK, let me see, 14 years almost now. Oh, so truly settled. Yeah, yeah. We have our lovely little home and my partner Martin, who helps me with writing the stories for um, any colorways I do for Otherworldly Arms. And we have an awesome tuxedo cat called Chief. Yes, Aww. Chief is very cute, I can attest to this. He is the chief, he's the master chief of our home. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, first thing we should probably ask is, where does the name Otherworldly Yarns come from? I guess that comes into my inspiration. I love mythical stories and mythical creatures as well as like sci-fi, steampunk. I like fairy tales and tales of old because I do think that, you know, where did they come from? And I guess with a book or a film or anything like that, you sometimes can escape into a different world. And I see my yarns like... Maybe not as much as an escapism, but like people can make their own stories, their own worlds and like, you know, carry on with writing the story or painting the story. I I very much see yarn as another tool to carry on your own adventure. Mm -hmm. That's That's awesome. I love that. Normally what we ask now is, do you have a tipple, alcoholic or otherwise, of choice when you are knitting or crafting? Oh, well, it depends. <laughs> if I do it, if I'm doing um, something that takes a bit more consideration, um, it is diet Pepsi all the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But I do like uh, a nice cold uh, cider, a proper apple cider, not those sweet syrupy ones. Ugh, don't like them. I like a cold beer, ice cold beer once in a while, an IPA like Brewdog or something like that. They're really nice. And I love a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. Good a really nice gin and tonic, crisp, ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, dr- don't drink a lot, but, you know, I, I would have like one. At the most, maybe two, because I do think do it responsibly. Mm-hmm, but if you're, if you're knitting, even if it's something easy or crocheting, and you drop stitches, and then the next day you're looking at it and you're like, "Oh God, I have to rip back five inches," then 
is it really worth it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like a. I think specifically a gin and tonic at the moment and nice crisp yeah love that yeah it's very yeah. good in the in the heat in the summer heat which mm -hmm. we are feeling at the moment oh god isn't it oh humid <laughs> <laughs> the next one we were gonna ask is how do we know you i i was I'm trying to think back. I believe it was we met at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, not this year, but the year before, mm -hmm. and clicked and spent the whole time together, really, while we're there um, shopping, socializing, uh, knitting. Yeah. Um, and then I told you guys. I believe about the IVKN, the International Virtual Knit Night, mm -hmm. run by the Greeks. Um, I'm sure they don't mind me telling you that and telling your listeners that. Yeah, and it's gone from there. And like, we're like a year and a half later, and I think the friendship has just blossomed. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's great. You were actually probably one of the most colorful people at UIF yeah. that year. I know. I I uh, I'm not like I'm not that colorful anymore. Um, yeah, I had the dyed hair, the very colorful hair, and my yeah, the dotted rays and my lipstick and stuff. Yeah, I made a statement that year for some reason, mm -hmm. um, which is great. I mean, you know, uh, I'm very much of a expressing yourself however you you want on the day. Um, may it be completely dressed in black as I am now. <laughs> <laughs> that's my uniform I guess uh, but that year it was like uh, people would notice me for sure mm -hmm. <laughs> and you've got some of the best leggings I have ever seen oh yeah I wore the I wore those leggings this year which were the um I'm not sponsored by them but it was simply be and the the animal print leggings and they come in blue with the animal print in black and they come in sort of a goldy mustardy yellow and I do like them because they make your outfit colourful, but not too much with a basic tunic on top. Mm. Not that I'm a fashion guru or anything like that, because I wear whatever I, I want. But uh, yeah, I do like those leggings. <laughs> They're awesome. What would you say your crafting timeline is? So did you start with knitting or were you into something before that? And how did all the dyeing come about? Okay, um, I've always been a creative person from when I was a child, and I believe my mom and my aunt tried to, you know, teach me how to knit and to crochet, but to be really honest, I don't think as a child I really had the patience for it, it took forever, I always thought knitting takes forever, um, and before I really got into the fibre crafting, I did a lot of pyrography, which is like, I call it like um, tattooing on wood. You basically use a um, specialized uh, little machine and you burn things into wood. I love that. I still love that. Um, I love drawing. I love painting. And for some reason in 2014, I my mind was set on, I was going to teach myself how to crochet. And there was a book at the book club uh, at work. Um, I don't know if you guys have that 
up in Scotland, but literally, um, so I work in a hospital and in our tea room, um, the bookman comes and you, you can get books a bit cheaper and there was a crochet book in there. So I bought it. Um, and then, um, as I do with a lot of things, especially in the beginning, I got quite obsessed about them. So I did a lot of research. I found Ravelry. Could not really understand Ravelry, but I found it. <laughs> um, and I start looking into like local knit nights, if anything like that was around. And I kept buying books from Amazon to progress my crocheting. And then I also decided to teach myself how to knit. Um, I'm completely self-taught with the helps of books and YouTube. Wow. So I taught myself how to knit, but I was like, ah, I'm more of a crocheter. I'm, I'm a crocheter. That's my, you know, that's what I like. And then I found Stephen West and I found, I found podcasts and his, I think somebody was going to knit an exploration station, which is one of the patterns by Stephen West. For those who've, of your listeners who don't know, Stephen West is uh, quite a popular and famous knitwear designer. He does mostly shawls and a very oversized, crazy, funky garments. Anyway, I I didn't know about like hand-dyed yarn, so I went to my first event and bought my first ever hand-dyed yarn, which was a skein by Dye Candy. Uh, and I was I couldn't believe that I you know spent that much money on but on this gorgeous skein of yarn and that I I had that yarn in my stash for quite some time so any anyway, going back to Stephen West I was like I convinced myself I could never knit it I could never do it um and then for some reason my head the switch went over and I'm like no I can do it so I bought the pattern and I had to go to London to get my passport changed at the Dutch embassy uh, renewed or something and I decided on that same day to go into Loop which is one of the knitting brick and mortar shops in in uh, London a lovely lovely little shop and they do Madeleine Tosh which is also quite a famous yarn brand hand dye yarn and I took um, dye candy skein with me and I picked out three coordinating tonal colors to go with that skein and I literally taught myself step by step with videos and everything and going back over and people in my local knit night um, I taught myself how to knit and I knit in an exploration station wow it's awesome and it's gone from from there to complete obsession, really. I love crochet. I love knitting. I do both. They're equal in my, in my view. I recently have taught, taught myself with the help of a Irish designer how to do short hook Tunisian crochet, which is lovely. Um, so I'm developing my skills that way and then with the colors I like color and I think even if you have a shawl or some knitted socks or heck even knitted jewelry out of yarn 
if you have your standard outfit, you can choose it up with a with a nice shawl. Plus, if you work in offices that are so cold by air conditioning, it's really nice to have a shawl mm-hmm. like that. I think I I see shawls also more as like a um, a bit of a fashion accessory, like try and make a part of your outfit. So if you are completely in black, you can just have that pop of color with a shawl or a little cowl or something like that. And then with the dyeing, it just developed. It just, it was in my head and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, you know, who would want my ideas? And But for some reason, my, I guess your subconscious has something to say about it and it kept pushing me and pushing me and I I bought a little starter kit um, at Wonderwall in Wales back in 2017 somebody gave some yarn to me that they didn't want anymore it was 100% like Guernsey yarn uh, Aran Um, it wasn't even superwash but I dyed it and just playing with colors and being able to paint and in this medium and to play around, I was sold. I was literally, that was it. And I didn't really start dying with the aim of becoming a business. I just wanted to try it out. But the more I started dying, the more response I got from friends and like-minded people around me to say, you should start an Etsy shop. You should start you know, selling this and I guess when you have people inspiring and egging you on in positive ways, uh, I took the leap and opened an Etsy shop. Um, and the rest is, well, we're still building on it, but yeah, that's that's how it all started. Awesome. So obviously from context, we have gathered that you dye and sell yarn. Uh, <laughs> You've mentioned a bit about your inspiration already about stories and so all of your schemes come with like a little story attached to them. Yes. Written by the lovely Martin. Yeah, Martin, aka Grimzag on Instagram. Made famous. Uh, (laughs) Oh, he is famous. Yes, there are some pictures of him with uh, the lovely, uh, awesome Countess Blaze on Instagram. Those of you, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who, who the Countess of Blaze is. This was to do with um, one of the charity events the Countess set up last year. Um, I don't know how explicit I'm allowed to be, but it's called... Yeah, yeah. yeah go for it. Okay, it, is the, it was called the Tits Out Collective, and I decided to join in. It was, it was to give back and to be able to I guess spread my own brand but also able to do something nice and to raise some money for a charity of your liking so I think I raised about 115 or 120 pounds with being part of that which was so awesome and I donated that to a charity that was very close to my heart um, it was cancer research, uh, specifically breast cancer, because mm. my my nan and my mom have suffered from breast cancer. So yeah, anyway, that was great. But uh, a lot of people decided to pose, and 
there's absolutely nothing, nothing wrong with that, what I'm going to say. Um, with the females posing with um, no top on, but with the yarn in front of their chest. And I wasn't sure about that. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't want to do it myself. And in the voice of being equal and going for diversity and equality, Martin decided and said to me, how about if I pose with the yarn in front of me, but I'll make it a really fun, you know, cheeky, cheesy kind of way. So I was like, yeah, all right then. And um, yeah, that photo kind of got quite famous and uh, broke the internet a little bit. And um, <laughs> the Countess has now, she is the proud owner, um, as is Petra from Undercover Otter. Uh, of a, a signed laminated <laughs> copy of that picture, um, and she's got it in her uh, in her shop behind the till. My poor other half, who he does not knit, by the way, he helps me with my business and does a lot of physical stuff, and he, uh, a lot of the stuff like um, stock counting and and that that kind of things and obviously he's the writer the genius behind most of the names and the stories behind my yarns like I couldn't do it without him like we are so such creative people but we bounce off of one another so sometimes we even come up with the story and the name first and I'll die for that um which is, again, going back to my inspiration. I love taking inspiration from stories, uh, neolithical sites, planets, the universe, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, my partner is famous. So we were thinking about doing a calendar, perhaps, at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You should absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. I'd get one. Yeah. <laughs> You've got two customers already. Two customers already. Well, there you go. I might have to start paying him then a proper wage as well. Like yeah, <laughs> That might be the downside. <laughs> yeah. You'll start having, I know my rights. And <laughs> contracts, you know, all that. <laughs> You'll need a rider when you go out on um, tour almost to very specific. Yeah. The tour of England of all the yarn shows. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of yarn shows, any uh, future appearances or anything that we should you want to talk about? Like, let us know where you're going to be. Or yes, so I've um, we have just done Woolen in Dublin, Ireland. Very jealous. Great show. It was fantastically organised. The organisers, the volunteers, absolutely amazing. Luckily, I had Martin with me. He did a lot of the stuff for me. I basically just had to sit there and look pretty and put colours together and, and talk to the customers. He did all the physical stuff for me, bless him. That was, ama that was a really, really amazing show for its second year. Like I said, the organisation, amazing. And then... I should hopefully be at uh, Perth in September. Mm -hmm. uh, the 7th, isn't it? Yeah. 7th and 8th. So I'm going to be at Perth uh, Festival of Yarn in Scotland. That's going to be my second year. 
great. I'm really looking forward to it. A very diverse marketplace, very much focused on the uh, individual small businesses. Going to be some uh, very lovely national and international people, you know, traveling over for that. So, yeah, that will be my next yarn show. And then possibly I have some trunk shows coming up as well. But I can't really say too, too much about that just yet. But stay tuned on, um, it will be on my social media if and when it happens. But yeah, I'm going, going to some um, brick and mortar yarn shops uh, around Halloween time. Ooh. So yeah, really looking, looking forward for that because it's lovely as I'm an internet-based yarn dyer and sell on Etsy. It's also good to go to brick and mortar shops, keep them open, keep them going, build relationships, personal and professional relationships up with them. People want to squish your yarn and it's another place to people to come and see you, experience your yarns and actually, you know, in the flesh rather than just of a picture on screen. So, yeah really looking forward to that as well awesome so keep your eyes peeled everyone on instagram speaking of perth and being able to squish all of your yarn and see the colors in person what kind of things can people expect to see from you once they're there so what kind of like bases and things do you like dyeing okay at the moment i do a lot of four ply sock yarn Mm three different superwash sock yarn bases Mm -hmm. and one non-superwash sock yarn base which is my Corydale nylon which is uh, like I said Mm non-superwash. I also have a singles base which is 100% uh, merino and it's a light fingering fingering weight is uh, equivalent to like four ply or like a sock yarn weight. And that is a uh, let me say single plied, and you get quite a lot of that. That's 495 meters in a, in a hundred gram skein. So you can make a decent. Uh, I really love working with that one for shawls. Mm. It just it's so soft. So my three superwash bases uh, sock yarns are BFL, uh, which is Blue Face Leicester nylon. Um, I think that's a 75-25, so 75% blue face Leicester, 25 nylon. I have a merino uh, nylon, again superwash, which is also 75% of the merino wool, 25% nylon. And then I have a Poldale uh, superwash base. Now Poldale is a cross, they called it Poldale because it's a cross of uh, a Corydale uh, sheep with a Polworth sheep, mm-hmm. and it's a lovely plump base. I lit- I I love that base. I mean, I love all of my bases. Otherwise, I wouldn't carry them. But if you're looking for something different that isn't uh, merino, again, there's nothing wrong with merino. But if you want to, you know, experience knitting with something else, I think just because they have nylon in them, I do think they're still good for socks and then some you know you can still use them for shawls garments 
you can get basically anything out of them. Then I am uh, looking to expand and have a uh, I have a Corydale 100% Corydale non-superwash Aran weight, which I will be bringing to Perth as well, which is lovely. It's Corydale is it's I guess it's slightly toothier than Merino, but not much. It's still very soft, very wearable. And then I have a DK, so a double knit base, coming to Perth as well, hopefully. And that's a 100% pure Wensleydale. Now that's a bit too, that's a bit like, if you wear cardigans and that kind of stuff, I, that would be really good for that. Let me think. I have a super, super chunky 100% BFL base, which literally you have very, you know, thick needles, like 10 millimeter needles, and you have one of those skeins and you have a chunky hat. So that's coming and that's, it's just very thick and squishy and lovely and BFL is also a very very nice yarn a very nice wool to work with um, I think that's it for now I've got some other things happening maybe but um, I'm, I'm definitely trying to bring some more heavier weights to Perth uh, and not just the sock yarn. Um, I think the sock yarn craze is, I wouldn't say it's gone, but a lot of people are going for the DK, maybe DK or, or light worsted or even Aran. So as a yarn dyer, you do have to expand your horizon in that as well. And I like to introduce uh, different sheep breeds to my customers as well, because actually a lot of knitters don't even know what the difference is perhaps between a merino and a bfl and they're like what is that what does that mean and it's like well it's a different sheep breed where the fleeces come from so um and i think it's nice to be able to educate and explain to people about that so their, their horizon gets broadened as well and they just don't go for the squishiest fluffiest skein because if they want perhaps mittens that they want warm but hard wearing because they live in a climate when it's very, very cold. I mean, I would go for something like a BFL or a Wensleydale for something a bit more sturdier than your single plied Merino. Mm -hmm. So, and it's nice to educate myself and then to be able to pass that on to anybody really. Yeah. I remember standing at your stall at Perth being like, there's so many awesome different bases that you don't get anywhere else. So it's nice. I think that's from the start, I've tried to do that. I, um, I did my research. I researched lots and lots of like wholesalers. I know there's only so many wholesalers around, but I did do my research. Uh, what I really wanted to, to do what I wanted to bring to the market really and it's lovely to see that a lot of people are progressing and offering different bases in in their shop for sure yeah this is a bit of another standard question for us but what have you got on your needles at the moment or hooks or hooks 
Oh, hooks. I just started another Tunisian shawl by, now I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly. I think it's Eva from, she's a designer that lives in Ireland. And she does these gorgeous, gorgeous Tunisian shawls. And you don't need to get a long Tunisian crochet hook for it. You can do them with normal crochet hooks. And I started the, and again, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Makha or Macha shawl. It's based on one of the Irish warrior goddesses. In fact, I know a little bit of the background of that. She sometimes is described as one of the, one side of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. But yeah, I started started that um, Tunisian crochet shawl. But what I have on the needles and what I'm loving at the moment is the Cozy Corner Shawl by Stephen West. I'm realizing I'm showing you guys, but obviously your listeners can't see. <laughs> um, I'm actually knitting this up. This will be a sample. I'm hoping to get it done by Perth, but if not, you might see me knitting on it. I'm knitting this completely out of my single, Merino singles yarn. Um, so yeah, it's it's a garter stitch shawl and some sometimes I just need that. I don't like too, too complicated things. I need something that, I always say that nourishes my soul. And I think a garter stitch shawl, when you just knit, 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 it's just, it's just perfect for that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is. Uh, what colorways are you using? So these are all in my single color, uh, I suppose, series. Mm -hmm. So the story is actually called Sing Co, as in single color. Again, I want to show you guys, but obviously your listeners can't see. I love crazy speckled variegated yarn, but I've also moved on and I'm really enjoying dyeing tonals to go with the crazy speckled yarn or to be used together because I I think sometimes a crazy speckled color skein for some people can be a bit daunting but when they have a range of uh, tonals or single colors to pick from they can easier pick out a palette of what they want to work with so I do a lot of mine are quite neon-esque quite colorful you know, for some people, what I'm working on right now is quite colourful, but I'm also trying to expand myself and doing some more neutrals mm -hmm. and some more colours uh, based on nature. Mm -hmm. So some greys, some terracotta, some salmon, some coral, some peaches, so that people could could perhaps say a colour palette together that would suit them. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important, like, Create what you like, but I guess my taste has also changed in these several years. So I still like the crazy neon, but I'm also starting to appreciate the softer, more neutral colors. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. We're obviously talking about what you've got on your needles and hooks. What are some of your favorite FOs? If you can choose one, then go ahead. If you want to think about multiples, yeah. no worries. I literally just finished the Fanola shawl, which is a one of the Tunisian crochet shawls by Eva. That was a really fun project to work on, and I love doing it. I might make another one, actually. 
I really loved knitting the eyeball show by Stephen West. Mm-hmm. Has a bit of brioche in it. That's a really, really fun shawl to knit. But actually, I think my favorite is of the shawls that I knitted for myself is the doodler shawl by Stephen West. I I never thought I would make it. I didn't like it to start with. And then for some reason, I cast it on and I was hooked like, I could knit another five of them, if not more. <laughs> I really, really love that project. I don't know why I can't really put my finger on it, but I just, I just did. It's really like a super neon one. Yeah, that's with the one with the, with the neon cable at the top. Yeah. But as I was playing with colors around, I really want to make a more neutral one as well. So that might be on the needles at some point. Lovely. That sounds great. Oh, and I also finished um, by the Crochet Project, of the Ladies of the Crochet Project, the Contour Shawl. And that's just normal crochet, a really simple but very effective pattern. Very nice if you're watching a bunch of things on Netflix or, you know, you're sitting in front of the TV. For, for the crocheters out there who don't want to do Tunisian or whatever, the Contour Shawl by The Crochet Project, I highly, highly recommend. Awesome. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Guess that kind of brings us to the end of everything. So, yeah, if you just want to reiterate where we can find you. It's Otherworldly Arms on Etsy, but if you really just want to see my work, what I'm about, and you are on Instagram, it's otherworldly underscore yarns on instagram the i have a link on there as well in the bio to get to my etsy shop but you'll see different color combinations you see what type of yarn and what colorways i've i've got going on and just generally what i'm about on there it's a very tempting instagram feed i must say oh yeah there's a reason why i call corolla the yarn tentress Oh, it's a title I wear proudly, my dear. <laughs> I, I've I've embraced it. I embrace. I I might even have to get some yarny horns or something. Maybe. <laughs> get them at Perth. Yeah, to wear them at Perth or whatever, or like when I'm out and about at yep. yarny events, wear some yarny horns or something. Just yeah. yes. I always say. <laughs> I always say make sure you can pay your mortgage and your bills and have food on the table but you know there's worse things to do or to get than yarn and if you have a nice stash then just see it as a lovely palette of colors or lovely ink different ink to write and make different stories create create your own adventures for sure that's a lovely sentiment. That is. I, I like that we're ending on that. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on, you lovely ladies. You at Perth. Yes. Yes, hopefully. See, yes, you guys must come down. Yeah. Well, we're, <laughs> we're, we're planning on it. Yeah. So. Good. Awesome. Thank you very much, Thank you, Carola. Thank you.